thank you all for being here, so faithful. Anybody need a, some paperwork from last time? Remember to bring it? You got it? If you don't, I have plenty here. And uh, just want to make that available to you if you don't have one. And you want to go? We probably hadn't had one. You thought I was meaning something bad about that. Children of God, you know, that's who that is. So, anyway, um, Genesis chapter 1. We've been going through, we've started on this, uh, a survey of the uh, of the Old Testament. 39 books, 17 uh, books of history, 5 uh, poetry, books of poetry and so forth, and then 17 prophetical books. And that's kind of the arrangement. And then we've done a little bit of the structure if you will, of the book of Genesis, and it is a book of firsts, of course, and facts, and uh, and and uh, and many other things uh, in addition to that. And we've talked about this matter of creation, and that's where we are. That we're studying the part we're studying right now is on page four. If you, in your handout there, we're on we're on about the middle of page four, upper upper half of four, talking about about uh, this matter of creation. And we talked about cosmogony, which is the study of the universe or the creation of the universe. And uh, and I, I, I did a little research of my own and and, uh, and looking at some things and, you know, in the ways that God created things and so forth. You know, uh, like, uh, how, how many of y'all know the name of the galaxy that we are in? It's not the road back here behind Roman Forest, all right? The Milky Way. Now, they call it the Milky Way. And uh, and do you know that we are not in the center of the Milky Way? I know that's shocking, isn't it, that we are not the center. Neither is our sun in the center of the Milky Way. And uh, the center of the Milky Way is about 26,000 light years from our sun. We just happen to be in one of the spirals, and so they just estimate because we've never had anything to be able to go outside of the Milky Way to take a picture of it. So that's all just an artist's conception of how they think this looks, because you can't really get out of it. We, there, we don't have anything uh, that's capable of, uh, of doing that. When you stop and think about where, where have we sent some of our, our exploratory things, like Voyager, do you remember where that went? Go back a little bit. Go think back with me now. Voyager. Outer space. It went into outer space, brother. That's you're absolutely right. Your son, that that school and he got it. Bigby has paid off. I'm sorry, Bigby bottom. All right, and uh, yes, it's outer space. But uh, like, but where did it go? Where have some of these things gone? Yes. There, there, there's one of them still go, and all, all that we have done, and it's taken years for some of these things, and all they have explored is our immediate solar system. So, in other words, you can't get out of the Milky Way to be able to look back at it and take a picture of it. That's just an artist's conception, and we're just happened to be in one of the spirals of the Milky Way. We're, like I said, 26,000 light years, and we said... A light year is about what? 186,000 miles per second. 
Well, uh, so h- how many days are there in a year? 365. And what is that a measurement of, sister? <laughs> I got you. What's it a measurement of? What, brother? One revolution around the sun. It takes 365 days for the earth to make to travel around the sun. So if you were celebrating birthdays, but you know what? But a year on other planets is a lot different than ours. Like if we lived on Mercury, you would have a birthday every 88 days. Because every 88 days, Mercury makes one revolution around the sun. So a lot of things are relative, you know, and, and but what makes us so unique in this creation is is what happened here. What happened here hasn't happened anywhere else in the universe. What happened here was the fall of man and that the Son of God came and redeemed man. And God's Son died here, hung on a cross here. It didn't happen in Jupiter. It didn't happen in Saturn. It didn't happen on Mercury or Pluto. It happened here. And that's what makes our, if you will, the blue planet so unique. Not just because it's blue, but because of what happened here. And God planned it that way. And he told Job, you know, to write, and Job said he hangeth the earth upon nothing. We call it gravity. Newton just caught up with what God said. And, uh, and so in this creation, we talked about the fact that it, it denies atheism. It denies polytheism with the doctrine of many gods. It denies pantheism, which means that God's in that tree out back and in that rock and that God is equivalent with the universe and so forth. But no, he's greater than all that. And, uh, and it denies evolution. And evolution has got to have time on its side. We, we talked about what's the difference between revolution and evolution. Evolution was changed, but takes, it goes by very slowly. Revolution is rapid change. When they have a, a coup or whatever, or they try to overthrow the government, usually that's, that's a revolutionary act. We called it the Revolutionary War. Wow, we were revolting. We wanted rapid change out from underneath King George, and we got it, thank the Lord, all right? And, uh, and so God's creation is it refutes and denies all of these other isms and theories. And, uh, and the fact that God created the heavens and the earth in six days. And we talked about that. Look, look here at, uh, at this where we've got day one at the top of page four. We've got day one, day two, and so forth. Day one, light was spoken into existence. And so that what that tells me in these things, and we looked at this in the book of Hebrews, that the, that the will of God was found in the word of God. God said, let there be light, and there was light, and it was good. And the evening and the morning were the first days. And so uh, there are some people that believe that there's a that there's a great expanse between, it's called the gap theory or whatever, between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2 and so forth. We briefly touched on that. And uh, that this gives, in other words, that, that the earth is millions and billions of years old, and it fits into that time frame. And I think for me personally, this is just my opinion now, I, I think that's just a that's a way to reconcile a way to try to reconcile uh, science with with the Bible, if you will, rather than just taking God's word by faith and believing it. All right, that's stardust, and that plays on my phone. All right, you can look that up later. Uh, 
And so, um, which is right in keeping with creation, stardust, all right? And so, uh, and so the, I'm, I'm not a gap person. You have to change the word of God. You have, to, you have to change the word in verse 2, and the earth was without form and void. And you have to change that to became rather than without, to be a gap person. And I remember I had a professor in college. He said, do you want to be a theologian or not? And I didn't, you know, I didn't really know how to answer that at the time. He said, it's a gap fact, not a gap theory. And so I, I, for me, I don't believe that because you have to change the word of God and I'm not interested in changing my Bible. Amen. I think I have the preserved word of God right here in front of me. If God wanted to say become, it would have said become and the Holy Spirit would have done that. Okay. And, uh, and so anyway, uh, I, I'm not going to fall out with you if you believe that way. It's okay. You know, I've said before, it's okay if you want to be wrong. It's all right. God will straighten all that out. But I, but these are not things that, you know, you got to pick it. These are things, if you will, I think that almost like the genealogies of the, of the book of Timothy that Paul warned Timothy about to avoid these endless genealogies that only, what do they do? They gender what? Strife. They generate more heat than they do light. So I, I don't have a problem with somebody believes that. that. That's fine with me. I don't think that affects anything about my salvation, about, about any of those things. But, but, I, but I do want you to know that if, if, if you take away what we're going to look at here, if you take away that Adam was formed, the creation of man, if you take that away, then you're going to have to do away with Romans chapter 5. Because Romans chapter 5 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin... So that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. If you take away that God uh, created Adam, if you if you deny that and say it was evolution, then 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 what you're doing is you're going to have to get rid of Romans chapter five and that there is no salvation. And then in Matthew 19, when he said he made them male and female at the beginning, you're going to say then in Matthew 19 that the Lord Jesus was wrong. And beloved, he was not wrong. He was not wrong. He spoke with accuracy. And so man was created on that sixth day. So day one, light. Day two, the waters divide. The firmament exists. That's just an expanse between. You had water above and water below. Three, the dry land appears and the seas are formed. Vegetation appears. All right. And uh, sun, moon, and stars are made. And I love how this, I, I love how this is, how this is worded. And, uh, Look at chapter, look at verse 16, chapter 1. It says, And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And I love this. He made the stars also. Boom. There it is. I love it. Uh, you know, it's just, it's almost like if God had an anvil and a hammer boy and the sparks did fly, boom. And there are the stars. He made them. And uh, have you ever considered how big our sun is? Now, our sun is not the, humanly speaking, if you look at, if you were to look at during the, if you were to compare the moon at night with the sun during the day, which of those appears to be bigger? The sun. No. It's It looks huge, doesn't it? Now, it's just our atmosphere that does it. What were you going to say, brother? Oh. <laughs> Were you going to ring the bell again? Were you going to hit the buzzer again? Okay. Well, it depends on what phase the moon is in. Well, that is true. Like, ding, ding, ding. All right. But, yeah, all right. But, but, but humanly speaking, he would have said that the greater light was at night. 
humanly speaking, had Moses written under just with human intelligence? And, uh, or he could have looked at the sun and said, that's the greatest light. But we know that our sun is not the brightest star in all of what we can see with a Hubble telescope and other means. We know that it's not. And uh, it's not the biggest star. Do you know that there's another star out there? It's not the largest one, but this one is called Mu, M-U. Uh-oh, where's my little bag of markers? Somebody got done away with it. Okay, all right. It's called Mu, like the Greek letter Mu. Uh, I think it's C-E-P-H-I. And it is 1,500 times larger than our sun. 1,500 times wider. Now, do you know how big our sun is in relationship to the earth? You could take 1.3 million earths and tuck them neatly inside of our sun. It's just hard to fathom these sizes of these things. It's hard for our finite mind to try to consider, if you will, the infinite. And yet, our sun is not the greatest, and and. And when Moses wrote, he didn't say the greatest light. He said the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. So so these are all indications. These are all validations that Moses wrote under inspiration and not just under his own intelligence. And yet, and you say, well, was he intelligent? Well, he was learned in all the ways of Egypt, wasn't he? That's what the book of Acts says. And, uh, but yet he had to go to God's desert school, <laughs> okay? In order to be equipped for the ministry, he had to have that. So all the world, all the knowledge of Egypt wasn't going to help him. And so he had to have something else. But he writes these things. And so uh, the sun, moon, and stars are made. And, uh, you know, day five, fish and fowl, and I think this is interesting, they do have similarities. You say, well, one's fish and one's fowl. Yeah, but they both have coverings. They both have bones that are hollow. They both move through fluid. You say, what do you mean? Only the fish do that. No, air is a fluid. Did you know that? Am I not telling the truth back there? Science guy back in the corner? (laughs) Okay, don't call you science guy. Okay, all right, okay. All right, well, what did y'all learn at A&M? Math. <laughs> how to beat Bama. Oh, that's true. Yeah, how to beat Bama. They did 52-51. It was great. Sorry. Tide had to roll one out of town. I understand. Yeah, you got to feed the animals every now and then. Uh, but but I'm telling the truth because air is a fluid. It is a fluid. And they both, they both have coverings. Fish have scales. Birds have feathers. Most of them do. Penguin would be a would be a, uh, an exception to the rule and some other critters. But uh, but my point is is that they both move through fluids, all right? So there's a similarity there in that. And so uh, on day five, and so so how long, how long were these days? These were 24-hour periods. I believe that's what the scriptures teach, a 24-hour day. The evening and the morning is not going to be a, a, a thousand years in length. And we all and the, and the word for day here is the word yom. That's the Hebrew word for it, which means day. Kind of like yom kippur, the day of covering, the day of atonement. That day of atonement's not a thousand years; it's a twenty-four hour period. And so the evening and the morning 
were though make up those days. They comprise those things. Well, day six, you know, we have something more significant. The crown of God's creation is not going to be a cow. All right? It's going to be man. And I want you to see this. Notice what he says. Uh, look at verse 24. And it says, And God said, Let the, out of chapter one, and God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his what? Kind. And that word kind is where you get the word species from, after his species. And there are several species of, of uh, cattle. We know that to be. All right? And creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so, after their species. And God made the beasts of the, of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And now look, now notice the difference here. Look at verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And so we're not made after a species. We're made in the image and likeness of God. All right? And we'll, and we'll, I'll show you that in just a minute. But, but the difference between men and beasts is significant. Amen. We have a soul. Well, let, let's go to this part. Here, here the Lord is going to give the, the recipe, if you will, for how he made man. Look in chapter 2 and look in verse 7. All right, notice what it says. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. So there was dust for his body and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And so divine breath for spirit. And it says, and man became a living soul. God's likeness for the soul. God is eternal, and there's a part of man that has, you have a never dying, if you will. When I say never dying, I'm talking about never annihilated. That soul is going to exist somewhere forever. Now, after redemption, yes, it can be with God forever, but that's why, that's why those who die without Christ, they're not annihilated the way the Jehovah's Witnesses speak about. They're going to spend an eternity in the lake of fire and they're going to, they're, they're, if you will, they're going to have a body prepared for that pit and they're going to be alive in that sense. And so they have a never dying soul. And so this is part of what separates us. Animals don't have a soul. There is no rainbow bridge. All right. As much as I, I you know, as much as I like my dog and and uh, the dogs I've had in the past, and and so they just go back to the dust from whence they came. Yes, they have. Yes, they have feelings. They can know pain and so forth. They can tell when they've done something wrong. They get that little look about them and, and, and the like. But they don't have a never dying soul. They don't have the ability to speak. You say, "Well, my dog can." I say, "Speak," and he barks. Yeah, but what does that mean? Does it mean I'm hungry? Does it mean I want to go outside? Does it mean, you know, I'm mad at you? Or do I have to play this silly game again? You know, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, they're capable of doing all those things, but they don't reason. They don't have language. Man has that. It, because in part, because man has a will and so forth. In other words, these are part of the reasons why God is a person. He can be grieved. A person can be grieved. He has a will. A person has a will. He has a thought. But persons have thoughts. All right? And the animal world does not have that. I don't care. I, you know, I don't care how intelligent. I saw this thing. I thought it was pretty funny. But, but animals learn by structure. They learn by behavior. 
You can modify an animal's behavior. Did you know that? Did, uh, I, you know, I know that Lulu did a lot of things. Did she not? You taught her to do that. And because it was repetition, you repeated those things. It became a part of it so that when you did this certain thing, she would respond a certain way. How many of y'all have ever heard about Pavlov's dog? Brother Mark explained to us Pavlov's dog, if you recall. Uh, they were conditioned to salivate by either signal or light or something they thought they would be rewarded with food. They did it whether they got the food or not, and they had to either drill that to the sensitive food that external stimulus could provoke them to salivate. You could condition this. It was a bell, and so when the bell would ring, the door would open, and there would be food right there. And so they would just begin to salivate because they knew, and so they learned that was a learned behavior that when the bell sounded, by golly, food was going to show up. That's Pavlov's dog. They were studying, uh, if you will, the the, the behavior of, of animals, and they want to try to they want to try to, if you will, to to bring that over onto mankind and say that we're the same way. We don't. I mean, it's just like in days gone by. What did they use to pull the fire apparatus? Horses. So, you know, when those horses were retired, some of them were put to carriage trade or to buggy trade or maybe they would haul freight. But you know what? Sometimes they'd be in the stall and they, they wouldn't be on the job. But by golly, they'd hear the bell on the fire apparatus. You know what some of them do? They'd get kind of stirred up because, man, the bell sounded out. Man, I'm fixing to get out here and I get to run. And it was all because they had been conditioned that way. Well, I think this was in an Australian... Uh, zoo that I saw this. It was on Facebook and I, it was hilarious. And so uh, they were in, in front of the primate glass and this lady had set her bag down and there was glass, uh, a glass enclosure around these uh, around these chimpanzees. All right. And so this chimp looked through the glass and saw that she had a drink in there. It looked like a, it looked like a, uh, And, uh, or whatever they have in Australia. But anyway, that that, that that monkey went over there and pointed at that bag and looked up there like, hey, hey. You know, and then he went over here. He came over here. And it, there was a little spot, a little place in the bottom of that glass where when it rained, that, that, that would drain out of that tray. And so he pointed at that, and then he came over here and pointed at this. Like, hey, put it right there. And so she went over and she poured it. And he got down there and got a drink. So she just laughed. I thought that was so funny. She went back and got a banana and held that up. And he went like that. Like, throw it up over the top. You know, like, he knew exactly. Throw it up over here, you know. And she did. They just laughed. And so when she put it back in there, he pointed the thing again. And he ran back over here and pointed the glass. And she gave him some more to drink. And they just carried on like that for a little while. Hey, who, who was having their behavior modified? The human was. All right, that human was, but he had learned some things. Hey, humans, if you do that, I, if I do this, they'll, they'll do that. And so anyway, I'm just saying that animals are conditioned to do certain things. I can tell mine to do stuff like I just say over here, or if I say kennel, if there's an opening, she's either going to get in the truck. She gets a little confused sometimes if I got the door open on my truck and the door is open on the camper and I say kennel up, she doesn't exactly know which one do I go to. She wants to go in the truck with me. And uh, but I tell her kennel up, and then she'll go around and go up inside. Or if I tell her over here, you know, she knows she's gone too far. Or if I let her run, 
I, I just say, that's far enough. And she just stops, turns around, and comes back. But I've done that because I've taken her out that many times to walk her and let her run and do that. She's learned that. Now, how, you know, even though she's a German short-haired pointer, they are very smart, okay? But I, I don't know how big her brain is, but there are just some things that have been conditioned. Just like you've had some pets and, and other otherwise that have done that. But I'm just saying that the difference is you might could ring a bell, you might could put us in some sort of enticement thing, but a man has a will. And he can say no to that. Part of that is the difference between that and the animal. That he can reason and the animal cannot. And so this is what separates us from the species. And that's what, you know, that's what they wanted to, you know, Darwinism and so forth wanted to put that upon us in that age of reasoning and so forth. And so fish and fowl are on day five. Day six, man and beast are made both male and female. Look at verse 27 of chapter one. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And so so in this, the crown of God's creation, uh, you know, in chapter 2, how that was done is outlined for us. But I want to say that, that in, in a sense here, God gave man, if you will, a posterity when he said, hey, I want you, I, I, he created them male and female and, uh, and, and said, replenish the earth and so forth, be fruitful and multiply. So he was giving them posterity and he also gave man a position in that garden, if you will, to have dominion and so forth and he provided for them. He gave them some possessions, if you will, for them to have. And so when, when by giving them dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air, and, uh, and that's why the dread of man is in animals. Although my wife does not believe that roaches have that capability. They don't have the dread of man in them. They just like to come for her, all right? And, uh, and I try to tell her otherwise. And so, uh, but the creation of man is outlined in chapter 2. And so, so let's look at that. And this is the crown of God's creation, all right? The earth is important because it was a place for man to live. But, uh, but man was the most important thing. Jesus Christ did not die to save the planet. Jesus Christ died to save mankind. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. The planet was not lost. Men are. Okay? Mankind is. And so it's here for us in chapter 2. And we read a little bit about this. Here is the, the production of man, how man was produced. In verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. All right? And then there was provisions that was made, that were made for man. And God, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. So let me ask you a question. When that food, when, when Adam got here, was he a, was he a baby? No, he was not. He was an adult male. All right. When Eve got here, she wasn't a baby either. He couldn't have waited for her. She was 
uh, you know, a, a, a fully adult female, okay, and uh, and and capable of, of of being fruitful and multiplying. Well, the same thing is true about the food that God prepared for them. That food came along. In other words, when God created that garden for man to keep, there was already fruit on those trees. They couldn't wait for it to develop. They would have starved out there. You, you follow what I'm saying? So so these things happened in a short period of time, not, again, confirming that this didn't happen over months and years. And certainly not thousand, a thousand years, all right? And so this food was made there for them that they could eat, all right? And, uh, and so in this in this we see also that here's this provision for man and there were there were rivers that were there these four rivers mentioned in verse 11 and so forth and uh, and then uh, and then in verse 15 then and it says and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it and so man had a job in that and man was on probation if you will while he was in the garden and so, what, what is, when we say someone's on probation, what does that mean? Watching you? For what else, brother? You're right. Watching for what? Do what, brother? To fulfill the requirement, all right. To stay out of trouble, Okay. Uh, man was on probation here. There, wa- there wasn't a guilt. There wasn't any guilt. There, or, 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 or if you will, I want to say uh, innocence. Man was on probation. In other words, he could stay there. How many verses of scripture did he have? How many says? Oh, oh! I thought you said. I thought you said it muffled. Just one. There was only one verse of scripture, if you will. And what was that? Look what it says, and, and verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. There was only one, there, there was only one and I'm being a little facetious, there was only one verse of Scripture here. Don't eat of that fruit. You can eat of everything else that's here, but you cannot eat of the fruit of the knowledge of the, of the tree of good and evil. In that day you will surely die. And so they were on probation here in that, in that sense of a time, a time of, if you will, a time of watching. They only had one command that they were to fill, that it was sort of a negative commandment, don't eat, don't eat of that tree. And so, uh, and so we know that, that, uh, th- that, in other words, what was happening here, man's relationship with God depended upon his obedience, his obedience. You know, C.H. McIntosh wrote and said basically, and I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, that man was more secure outside of the garden than he was while he was in the garden. Now think about that. Man is more secure outside of the garden, and he's talking about in the saved condition outside of the garden. That's how, that's how Adam got out there, outside of the garden. And uh, that he was that he was more secure in his relationship than he was when he was in the garden, because his relationship was predicated upon his obedience. Whereas on the outside, it was by faith. Just like just like Brother Roger taught when 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 Abraham 
and the Lord, they set those two piles up of all those dead animals. Remember, they were all cut up. It was a Mizpah, M-I-Z-P-H, Mizpah. And, uh, and so what happened? Anybody remember? What happened, what happened to Abraham? That's what happened to Abraham. He went into a deep sleep. Who walked between the two piles? It was God that walked between the two piles. Because basically what they were saying was the Lord said, I'll, I'll keep this for you. You understand? That, that, that's where we are, how secure we are in our eternal security. Is that God walked through that. What were those two piles supposed to be indicative of? Basically, if either one of us breaks our word, that's how you're going to wind up. He's going to be hacked up like that right there. And so rather than make it based upon man's obedience, God went through there by himself so that he would be the keeper. And aren't we kept by the power of God? Don't we have, don't we have an inheritance that is reserved for us in heaven? Am I keeping myself? Are you keeping yourself saved? No. No. And so our salvation, now we had to obey the gospel, that form of doctrine from the heart, repentance and faith, in that moment. But, but what I'm saying is, is that our security, men, is based upon the faithfulness of God, the promise of God. And God cannot lie. Now, we're not to turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. We're not to take our liberty and use it as an occasion to the flesh. There's plenty of Bible that, that supports what I'm, what I'm telling you. But I, what I'm saying to you is that our, our standing was settled on the day when you got saved. Adam's standing was settled on the day when we talk about, when we talk about the fall. I'll get into a little bit more of this. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I'm just saying... In his probationary state, as long as he obeyed, he was good to go. Well, have you disobeyed since you've been saved? Don't everybody look down now. Of course we have. But are you still saved? Did you have to get saved over again? No. All right. So man was on probation here. And he, there's a progression. What does he do? All right. Look at verse 18. And the Lord God said, It's not good that man should be alone, and I will make him help meet for him. And out of the ground, fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. So in his progression as a man, he's given dominion. He has the ability to speak. Adam does. That's a pretty significant thing. Language is no small deal. You know, sometimes we wait for our teenagers to get it instead of where they grunt at us. <laughs> where they talk and have conversation. All right? And, uh, and so having a language, that's, that's no, that, again, that's no small deal. Be able to put that in writing and those kind of things. That just didn't happen. I mean, it did for Adam. He had that ability. God gave him that ability to do that. And so Adam progresses. He's a son, and then he's a servant. Then he's going to be a 
husband, if you will, and he's going to be a father and a grandfather, the role that he plays changes many times over his progression as a man, all right? And so uh, he is given and help meet, all right? And I, I think this is interesting. I, I'm almost done uh, for tonight, but I, I, what I want to say is we talk about Eve. Adam gave names, and so the, look at verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. Do you know when the first recorded use of anesthesia takes place? Do you know, do you know when, brother? When who? Well, no, no, well, no that, 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 that's what the Bible says. But I'm talking about in the medical community. You know what happened? They got they got the date and time. I think it happened in, in a, the month of October, but it was 1846. So there was a whole lot of living and a whole lot of dying between then and 1846. And so uh, what, what was the idea? Bite the bullet, right? They'd give you a piece of leather, give you a leather thong to put in your mouth and bite it, a tree limb. Whatever, the, whatever would fit between your jaws for you to bear down, that's what they did. You know, morphine came out a lot, a lot later when somebody was able to dissect from the opium. You know, they, 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 they put this together. They called it morphine. It was named after Morpheus. Morpheus was the Greek god of dreams. And so it gets its name morphine from that because it put people in sort of a dreamlike state. But all they had to do, and the sad part is, all man had to do was read what the Word of God said. Caused him to go to sleep. When you're asleep, certain functions of the body stop. They shut down. And so uh, ether was used for a long time, but then it got to be a problem because it was making the surgical teams sleepy too, you know. And so that would not be good. They'd be working on some thunk face in the soup, you know, not good. And so... Uh, and ether was flammable, and, and uh, so they had, to, they had to do some other things. But I'm telling you, had they, all they had to do was read the Bible that God caused the sleep to come over Adam before he took that rib out. And that's what men needed. So I, I'll say again to you, your Bible is not a science book, but it is scientifically accurate. And you can trust what it says about these things. And so, so the Lord did this, and... And from the rib, he gave her name, or he, he took from Adam one rib. Now, And listen, women don't have one more rib than men. There's a lot of strange things out there. I mean, it's just like, you know, if you had your finger cut off, does that mean your sons are going to have one less finger? Or daughter, right? So just because Adam lost a rib doesn't mean that uh, their children, their offspring had one less rib. And Okay. Y'all with me? All right. Now, she did have one more than him at the time of their living, but I'm talking about their offspring didn't have one less. Women don't have one more than men. All right. And so from the rib, which the Lord God, verse 22, and the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman, brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone. It was true. Flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And so, ladies, it's not a crime to understand that you were made for the man and not the man made for you. I know that puts me in dangerous territory. But that's what the Scripture teaches. That's what the New Testament teaches. And, uh, and so it's not a crime. You just have to understand your role in creation, your purpose in creation. 
And this was what was to happen here. She was to complete him and not to compete with him. And there's a whole lot of that that goes on today to compete. All right? And, uh, and so, uh, you know, and so what was her name? It was Adam. That was Mrs. Adams who that was. She gets a name later on. She gets Eve later on. And we'll talk about that. All right? Any questions about this? Man, I mean, there's all kinds of messages that could have been preached from these passages. But we're just doing a survey. We're just skimming a rock across the surface. Any, any questions for you? All right, for me, I should say. Any questions for me? Um, all right, we'll bring your paper back. And the next, the next great event, unfortunately, is the fall. The fall of man. So you can read chapter 3 and uh, kind of get ready for that, okay? All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the Bible, and uh, I thank you for these folks that are present, Lord, and I do pray that the Holy Spirit, Lord, would take this word and seal it to our hearts. Our part, Lord, would be to mix faith with what we have read from your word and mix it with that, that it might be profitable unto us. And I pray, Lord, that our confidence in our Bible, Lord, would be stronger yet each day as we proceed through this, as we read your word, to see how faithful you are, how truthful you are, and that you've not held anything back from us of what we need for this life. I thank you for my Bible. Thank you for those, Lord, who sacrificed their lives that we might have it in the preservation of it. I pray you'll bless them now as they make their way home. In Jesus' name, amen.